Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Welcome. Welcome on the East Coast uh, in the afternoon and welcome on the West Coast in the morning. I'm Patricia Raskin. This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. And today we're going to talk about 12-step programs. You know, what is addiction? How do we recover? How do couples work together in this? And I have with us a couple, husband and wife team, Bill and Sandy Fifield. And their book is called Deep, Dig Deep in One Place, A Couple's Journey to a Spiritual Life. And this explains the actual recipe that the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous are, what they are, and how they can assist anyone in the transformation of their lives. And the title of their book explains how they've lived their lives together through moving through their relationship, marriage, codependency, addiction, and health issues to a happy and joyous free life, and how the steps are a way to rise above fear and be happy. Welcome, Bill, and welcome, Sandy. Thank you so much. Thanks. Hello. Um, hi. Um, either one, Bill or Sandy, what would you say is the difference between a 12-step program and traditional therapy? Well, a 12-step program is an actual recipe, quite literally. The steps take you through a process that exposes where the lie in me was born. And the lie is that I'm not good enough, that I'm I'm a useless, I'm a piece of junk and don't deserve anything really. So I spent my life sabotaging myself because Mm -hmm. I believed the lie. And uh, Mm -hmm. what this does, it exposes it. And once I see what the lie is, I can then change my pattern to do something else. I can celebrate myself instead of put myself down. And this was the beginning for me. Yeah, it really is a a kind of cognitive therapy, if you're familiar with that, where you take the action rather than just talking about it. And I think Mm -hmm. traditional therapy is more just talking about something, and cognitive therapy is is doing something doing something different, yeah. taking a different now, action. 
Now, you two um, met uh, when you were college students, mm-hmm. and, you know, your book talks about how you created a union built on addiction and denial, even though you had an artistic partnership, but you both together faced recovery and spiritual transformation, which for many cases pulls couples apart, but in yes. your case, it did not. It brought you more together. Explain it that. like it was going to pull us apart there for a while. It did. It was It was difficult. Because there was, it was such a change. We were uh, so used to the language of addiction that we did not recognize or understand the language of recovery. The language of addiction is totally negative, and the language of recovery is all positive. So, well, how do I turn uh, terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair into love, light, and joy? And it was a it was an here, effort. It was really an effort because it is the habit of a lifetime. And it automatically would come out of my mouth. My addiction is connected directly to my mouth. So I had to learn to shut up. I had to learn to be quiet. <laughs> don't say it. Just don't yeah, say it. My, my question for both of you is that many times in, in addiction, 12-step groups, and many times a person will say, Hi, I'm Bob. I'm an alcoholic. Or, hi, I'm Bob, I'm a sex addict. Or, hi, I'm Joe, I'm a gambling addict. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is, when, when they say that, are they then in the addiction because they are, they're proclaiming themselves as an addict? I I believe that um, the calling yourself an addict or an alcoholic or whatever it is in whatever 12-step group you're in, identifies with the group because we come together in the group out of our imperfections, not out of perfection, not out of strength, but out of imperfection. So when I identify myself as any whatever it is that is, has brought me there, mm-hmm. I, I allow others to identify with me. It's not a put-down of myself. It's not stay in there. It is... Uh, freedom. Mm-hmm. Bill, your comments on that. Uh, I found the same thing. that uh, When they dropped me off at the treatment center, I really had no idea that uh, drugs and alcohol and eating were my problem. I had no idea. And when I finally stated that in a, a group therapy session that I'm an alcoholic and addict, then an overeater, I... It was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Oh my God! So it's a so it's a pathway, like Sandy said, to identification and a pathway to freedom. It is it is not. (coughs) It's no longer hidden. It cannot it cannot bite me because it's not hiding. That secrets are what kill me. I can't hide all this stuff from everyone and so that I'm afraid that someone's going to find out. And once that's out, it was over. It, it was just over. Now I could start to recover. I could start to find out what it was that made me drink like a lunatic and do drugs to the point where my face almost fell off and, and, and like that. So it was, a, it was a pathway to freedom for me. Well, and Sandy, also um, the support groups give you support, right? You you go to them, and that's a place, kind of a safe place for you to get support 
and with other like-minded people who've been through the same thing, correct? Yes. Absolutely. It's a place where we are, we understand each other on that mm-hmm. level. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas maybe somebody who hasn't been through a similar thing just doesn't understand it. They'll go, they'll say something like, well, why don't you just quit then? Or mm-hmm. just have one beer. Why don't you just do that? Wouldn't it be it, it, an addiction is something you cannot quit? I've heard many, many young people say, Oh, well, I don't worry about smoking cigarettes because if I get addicted, I'll just quit. Well, that is completely missing the point of what addiction is. Addiction is if I, if I, if I smoke, I can't quit or whatever it is, whatever it is I'm addicted to. Why do you both think that 12 step groups have been so successful? What's the secret? Uh, the, the secret is that, it, that it's a recipe, and, and it's, it's based on action, not, not, not thinking about it. It's based on actually doing something. Like when I meet brand-new people, I, I urge them to go wash the cups, and they say, what the hell does that have to do with recovery? And I mm-hmm. say, everything, because I'm taking action, and I'm doing something for someone else. Participating, participation in it. Is uh, is key. We are in in a twelve step group. Everybody participates. Everybody. There's no not one person there who says everything. Everybody talks about what they're going through, not what we think that you ought to do. Okay. What happens in a group when you have someone who's there, and they come faithfully? And when they come, they're sharing um, things about what they did slipping back. So they mm-hmm. come one week and they say, you know, um, I want you to know that I had three drinks this week. Mm-hmm. And then they listen to the group. And then, and then it goes on for a few months. And they're actually, it's not changing, but they are coming to the groups. Mm-hmm. And they are reporting what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What's your comment about that? How do you handle that? I think that that's real progress. Real Why? progress. In, in, and taking a look at who and what, I'll put it my way, if, who and what I really am. If I continue to do that, perhaps I'll look around and see that there's something I can do about that. And so it's a welcoming thing. Keep coming back. How's that working for you? Is, mm-hmm. is it working for you, having that couple of drinks every night or not? Mm-hmm. You have to, the Got individual it. has to uh, take responsibility for what they're doing, and it just becomes very obvious. I've seen many, many people come into a group and with their little box of troubles, which we all have, and try and hand them off to somebody else. And people mm-hmm. in the group will go, well, no, we're not going to take your troubles. We'll show you how to, how to deal with them. We'll show you a method for doing this. But we won't fix them for you. Right. But what, you, what I'm hearing you say is that if they're still coming, there's hope. Yes. yes, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, like the, the bottom in any addiction, the bottom is death. And by that I mean there's now no more hope. Then there are things that are worse than death. I mean, in the midst of, in the throes of your addiction, that's, that's worse than death. But uh, as long as you show up, as long as you keep coming, there's hope. There's hope. And hopefully there's somebody there who knows about the solution and how to transmit it, how to pass it on. It's so simple that you need a guide. It just seems so complicated. 
What, what are, tell us one of the major messages in your book. Give us a how-to, Sandy. As a how-to? It's like a how-to, something. Well, it, it's not really a how-to. It's, it's what I did, how it worked for me, how with the revelations I came to, and perhaps you would, uh, one would identify with that and go on to discover what it is that's holding you back. That's what the book tries to do. It doesn't try and say, okay, this is how you do this every single time because there, there's a million mm-hmm. different ways of doing it. The steps are a guide, but you'll find a lot of different ways of doing it and understanding it. Ours is just, our book is just a, is a, is, is our experience with it, which could possibly bring some strength and hope to somebody to say, well, perhaps this would work for me if I did these things and discovered who and what I really am. Right. There are principles, though. There are, seven, there are several principles that are stated at the beginning of each meeting. Explain those or tell us the importance of those. The principles in front of the steps, you mean? Yes. Like acceptance? Open-mindedness, willingness, honesty, love, mm-hmm. forgiveness, harmony, truth, faith, hope, light, and joy. These are the. This is the language of recovery, and this is what I'm not used to. So what do I usually do? I yell or say something bad because I'm afraid. And what am I afraid of? That you've just found out that I'm not worthy, that I'm a... Uh-huh. And so I'm asked to do something else, and the greatest spiritual principle of all is be quiet or as I say to the guys I work with shut up and they say well I've got something to say I know why don't you just shut up and listen for a minute see because when I came into recovery and we're not we're not a member of any particular 12-step group you know when I first came in I I had something to say about everything and I was asked why don't you just be quiet and listen because recovery is about experience and understanding, whereas religion is a, an opinion. That's not a put-down. That's just the way it is. There's the Buddhists do it this way. Hindus do it this way. In Alcoholics Anonymous, you're asked to share your experience, not mm-hmm. your opinion. And so if you don't have an opinion, and it takes a while to get an opinion on recovery, why don't you wait until you've got some experience? And, and also, too, in the groups, you don't, you don't comment, correct, on what other people say. You don't offer your opinion about their experience. You just let them share. Is that correct? Well, here's the funny part about that. That's called what they now call crosstalk. And the, that word didn't even appear until 1992 in a, in a uh, little magazine called The Grapevine. And somebody was complaining about a person giving everybody in the group advice. And so that, that's, not, that's not acceptable. We don't want your advice. What we want is your experience. So we tell stories that are experiential. Mm-hmm. Now, in my group that I go to, my recovery group, we encourage crosstalk, positive crosstalk, like happy birthday when they've got like three or four months. So you get to say happy birthday. That's awesome. Keep coming back. Or we're glad you're here. And uh, thanks for sharing. So we encourage crosstalk. <clears throat> and there, there are no rules in recovery, which is really fun. You can do it any way you want. All that's asked is that you now report the results, what's happening with the way you're doing it. I could not get a handle on what was happening when I was impaired. I could not. 
mm-hmm. stop doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, it was, it was a trap. It's the, the chain that binds me to my addiction. Mm-hmm. Oof. All right, Sandy, I want to ask you, um, if you have deep denial, and this can then, you know, conflict and affect your relationship, which you had a relationship with Bill. So how did you, how did you both salvage the love and work through with it? Because you were both working with the addiction and with the codependency. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, by practicing these spiritual principles, by, by trying to do something different, be, mm-hmm. be it, for me, it was to become, make a, every effort to become more direct and honest rather than kind of sneaky and manipulative become direct and honest and uh, accepting of who he really is, um, accepting of our circumstances, open-minded as to a new way of doing things. Um, uh, all those things uh, contribute mm-hmm. to a positive, more positive way of being. If I refuse to say what's really going on with me or what I, who I am or what I really need, it continues the negativity on and on and on. So it's been it, it's taken us a while. Uh, we've been in recovery for twenty over twenty years now, and uh, it's still growing and um, expanding. That and that's the thing that makes it so interesting. Our relationship is still growing and expanding, whereas it had just it had had narrowed down to one thing. Mm. Addiction. What's yeah. the what's the biggest difference, Bill, in your relationship with Sandy now than before? Uh, a, a story, perhaps. We Go were ahead. remodeling our house, and uh, we were moving up to our studio because we. I knew we were committed when we threw the toilet out the window and it shattered all <laughs> over the yard. Okay. I uh, was um, messing around in the studio, and Sandy said. Would you make me a little cupboard to put our clothes in so that the sawdust won't get on everything? And it was this old, old, uh, tall, lazy Susan cupboard made out of of uh, fiberboard and a photograph of fake wood. And I just went off like an atomic bomb. I said, I don't work on pieces of junk. I'm an artist. I got in right in the middle of it. For the first time ever in our relationship, I stopped and I said, let me rephrase that. Wow. I would be glad to help you. And so instead of two weeks of horror, of anger in a relationship, we had the most beautiful day. And it was just filled mm-hmm. with sunlight and joy. And it was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. And it was painless. Yeah. It was easy. It was ridiculous. So yeah. the recovery asked that I be the gift. Right, Sandy. A- how did you how did you react to that when Bill did that in the middle of the tirade? Stop. Uh-huh. Sure. Explain I was that. With my mouth open, I was ready to retaliate at that point. All right, that's it. You know, never mind. I don't care. And out of yeah. my mouth came, I would like to have this fixed in this certain way. I was direct and honest for the first time. He did not realize that he put the ball in my court, and that that there was just as much of a change at that moment in time, in me, as there hadn't been in him. Instead Mm -hmm. of just reacting in a bad, negative manner, which was to say, okay, that's it for for the next three weeks, um, uh, we got to do as he said, 
have some mm-hmm. the positive experience. Positive experience. Mm. Now, do you both lead groups? Do you lead twelve-step groups, both of you together? Do we what? Lead, 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 uh, lead. L e a d. Lead twelve-step groups. Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we participate. In chair a meeting, or and we've held every service position as possible in recovery, and then uh, except trustee. Mm. But uh, so we're we're always there. We're there to help. Then uh, mm. see, there's, there's what's so funny is there's no bosses. Everybody's a leader if they wish, but nobody's sure, yeah. a boss. Someone who's mm. got just 30 days in recovery can help the brand new person coming in. You know that. Exactly. You know, it's like here's right. the coffee. Here's the here's what the meeting is going to be like. Here's what. And also, yeah, it's worked I, I for think- me. I yeah. think that's why when I said the word lead, you kind of went, what, what, what do you mean? Because I think what you meant is you chair, but you really don't lead. I mean, you lead, but you're not in right. charge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you understand. All right, well, we we have a few minutes left. So what other types of transformations can people experience in a 12-step program? Well, I, I believe that um, it's a solution to the spiritual disease of fear, which all of us have, um, that, what? What? Yes, stops most of us cold. Yeah, Yeah. that that, uh, we can uh, begin to open ourselves to the infinite possibilities of this universe instead of demanding just one certain way that it's going to be, which is what, what are my chances of getting that? I open myself up. I become more willing to receive what is presented rather than, Rather than demanding that it go my way, there's um, all sorts of aspects to that, and it it can uh, affect our daily lives inside and out. And you both are also you both are also artists. You make yes. art in your studio, and you write, and you yes. teach right. on your on, on a beautiful mountaintop. So yes, and you yes, also, exactly. We had a little yeah, snow yeah. on it the other day. Yeah, yeah we just got outside of Denver and in the mount in the foothills south of Evergreen, and it's just gorgeous up here. We've been up here since 1973, which was well before our recovery. Our recovery started in 1992, so we've been through it all up here. Pretty and you've exciting. mentored and you've mentored over 1,500 people with people with addictions and not addictions. Uh-huh. So I think um, what what your book speaks to and what you speak to, what I get, is that this is a way of life that isn't just for people who are addicted. It's it's a it's a philosophy and a way that we can be in the world that really helps us to be happy. Right. It's a method for getting rid of the junk that that uh, that stands in our way of practicing spiritual principles. Let's say. So it's a method. It's a it's a proven method for doing that. Whether whether you're addicted, obviously to something, um, or not. Mm-hmm. How but do people find out? Go ahead. Yeah, everybody has the lie. Everybody has the lie in them. They asked all the Fortune 500 CEOs what their greatest fear was. It was that someone was going to come in the door and say, "What are you doing behind that desk? Get out of here. You're not worthy." Every one of them had that going on in them. So, so we all got that going on too. And this just takes care of that. 
How can people find you or, or maybe even call in when you have a 12-step group if they want to or learn about a workshop that you might give and also get your book, Dig Deep in One Place, which is really um, your own story? Uh-huh. Well, so go ahead uh, we and tell have, us. We have a website, uh, digdeepinoneplace.com, mm-hmm. as well as our, our uh, artistic, well, it's all combined our artistic stuff is on uh, macfifield.com but you can access that our book is available on um, amazon or barnes and noble or any bookseller mm-hmm. online okay and and your artwork if people want to see that uh-huh. as you said is say, give us that website again uh, macfifield.com m-a-c-f-i-f-i-e-l-d but they can be cross accessed all right yeah, we have a new website that's just going live today. Yeah. So. Oh. And what is that website? That is digdeepinoneplace.com. dot com. Right. And, right. and, and our art, our art is there. Pictures of our studio and the things we make. And... All and right. The... So, but before we go, closing thoughts. We have about a minute, so I'll start with uh, Sandy. What What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would like to say that this is available to anyone who wishes to to pursue it. We have a list in the back of the book that is uh, of, of 12-step fellowships that can be accessed, and um, it, there's information everywhere for that. Um, so uh, try it yourself. All right, and Bill? It uh, opens the door to a life of service, and I had no idea what a gift service would be, how awesome it makes you feel. To, to save somebody from a, a, a fate worse than death or mm-hmm. not to be prepared to help someone whenever they ask, whenever they're ready. We don't snatch anybody out of a opium mm-hmm. den or off a bar stool. Mm-hmm. We okay. are just merely prepared. And what we do is open the door for them for what they need, not what we think they should have for what they need and hope that they pass it on to someone else. Thank you both so much for coming on the program. Thank you, Sandy and Bill Fifield, F-I-F-I-E-L-D. Their book is Dig Deep in One Place, A Couple's Journey to a Spiritual Life, which explains how the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous can assist anyone in the transformation of their life through codependency, depression, addiction, health issues, and fear to happy, joyous freedom and love. Thanks again, Sandy and Bill. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you so. Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. And again, the website is Dig Deep in One Place. Uh, Stay with us. We have another interview coming right up, a very fascinating one. So don't go anywhere. Right here on Patricia Raskin Positive Living, and we're here on America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you a homeowner who's trying to save on energy bills and go green at the same time? Tune into Energy Saving in the Home, brought to you by 521 Compressor Saver and Home Energy Consultants with host Gary Parr and Dennis Seltzer. They have saved homeowners just like you as much as 65% on energy bills through energy efficiency practices. You'll learn about conservation, products, and services to reduce energy consumption and save you money. Be sure to listen to Energy Saving in the Home, live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're a golf enthusiast and looking for some great golf properties in the desert southwest, you'll want to make the Golf Realty Network your weekly stop. Hosted by Jane and Al Anderson, the Golf Realty Network is all about living where you play, on the golf side. You'll hear from the course pros and vendors, while the real estate side will bring you the top agents and brokers who know how to market or find your golf community home. Tune in to the Golf Realty Network, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety, and rebroadcast weekly on Voice America Sports. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m., whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Do you feel as if your life is just filled with random awkward moments? Believe me, you're not alone. Tune in every Friday for TAG, the Awkward Girl Guide, with your host, Ashley Iola. Ashley has learned to own her awkward, and she guides you how to do the same. It's awkward, but it can be a lot of fun, too. We'll talk about relationships, sports, food, health, family life, and social life. Each show hopes to make you a bit more in control of your awkward. Tune in to TAG, the Awkward Girl Guide, Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America variety channel talk 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 that's all we do is talk if you'd like to talk call us toll free right now at 1-866-472-5787 that's it that's it voiceamerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Remember, this is the program that shows you how to turn your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities and make your dreams come true. And we have a very fascinating guest with us. Uh, I'm going to tell you about her. You know, so many of us have heard about extraterrestrials, E.T., We've seen the movie E.T., we hear about these beings, and many times we've heard about them, you know, taking folks and putting them on spaceships and doing experiments. We have a guest who knows who these are and says they are benevolent and they are kind and they are doing good work. My guest on the phone is Tanaya Kamadan, and her brand new book is called Benevolent Contacts. And and Tanaya actually started out uh, as a science-based food technologist. But through her work, uh, she changed her life in 1997. And she found that she was having trouble with walking and sitting. 
and she worked with great with Reiki, and she co-created this divine energy, and she was healed in five days. There was a turning point in her life, and then she dedicated her time to practicing energy healing techniques. And through all of this, through all of this, and through these various energy modalities and meditation, she became what is known as a galactic being, and she began to have galactic visitors. And these visitors are from other planets, and they would approach her, and she has photographed them, and she is talking about how they are spreading good things to our planet. Welcome to Naya. Thank you, Patricia. Very well said. And good good day to everyone online now. Thank uh, you. Do, you, do I introduce myself again? No, now? I know we are all set. I guess the question is, how did you initially uh, become in contact with these galactic visitors? All right. Now, I was practicing uh, the Melchizedek method whereby we projected a beam of light up to Octurus and the other planets of Pleiades. Little did I know that through this meditation, they started to communicate with me. So the first beings that came in were from Octurus, so they're called the Octurians. They were very, very refined, very, very cultured, very beautiful beings. And uh, I was, well, at that time, and even right now, I'm having this detached kind of attitude. And so it's like if you contact me, I pay attention. If you don't, I just let it be. And that's partly because I was a very busy person and still am. So every day I have things to go to do. And so, but little by little, they they came um, even into my house to gently nudge me to pay attention. And then I started to photograph them. (laughs) And, you know, these crafts, some of them are, are solid, and some of them are so them? organic. How did, you, how did you see them, Naya? Where did they come to that you could photograph them? Where did you see them? Actually, I don't see them off, uh, with my eyes. All I did was, like, um, I'm an interactive contactee. All I did was, like, when I passionately want to photograph them, I would look up the sky and I said, I want to photograph you. And they would honor my request. So that Mm. itself was very amazing, even to myself. Mm. And then you would would take your camera and you would photograph them. Yes. On one of those rare occasions when I passionately want to contact, like on the cover of my book is this image, this very organic image of uh, the craft. What happened was I, I left my house with intention to jog, around botanical gardens in Penang in Malaysia. Mm. And then I looked up the sky before I left, and I said, I want to photograph you. And then when I arrived, I jogged three rounds until it was like 7.45 p.m. So I used the moon. It was almost a half moon as a focus point, and I photographed. The first few shots, I couldn't see anything except a very cloudy, sort of milky sky. And Mm. so I fiddled with my camera. And I turned it to a very high um, ISO, the highest in that old camera, 1,600. And the next shot, I saw this organic craft, you know, just next to the moon. And uh, they told me they're from very far away, a civilization that I've never heard of. Hmm. And even the ship is alive. 
But I had the opportunity of, uh, you know, I asked for permission to go into the ship, and they brought me there, and it was lighted up. Even the floor, you know, was lighted up. You don't see the floor. You just see lights. And so now, that was this really, was the, really exciting. Now, let me ask you. This was in your in your kind of dream state or visualization when you close your eyes, this is what you saw. You mean when I visited the ship? Yes. Uh, this was this was my consciousness, yes. It's like a very deep meditative state. Mm. That means mm. my spirit essence went, okay? Like a dream, the, almost like a dream. Almost like it, but not. You know that you, you, you are quite aware that you're dead. It's just your body sleeping, but your mind is alive. But the photo is... is um, down to earth. The photo is what's caught by the camera. So mm-hmm. I have several, several photos because mm-hmm. I just keep snapping and snapping and snapping and snapping. But I put a few of them in the book and on the cover. And besides that, I have also photos of extraterrestrials show me the hands, but they mm-hmm. dematerialize the body. Yeah. Why is it, Tanaya, that we often hear about the other kind of beings that are extraterrestrials, the ones that take you aboard their spaceships and probe you with needles and send you back? This is very different. This is the opposite. Yes, I had also asked myself those questions in the past, but all I could tell you, Patricia, and the listeners here is in all my experiences so far, for several years since the early 2000 till now, they have always been benevolent. And so I've never had any bad experience. And that's why mm-hmm. the title of my book is Benevolent Contacts. So mm-hmm. I, I just could not speak um, about those bad experiences. So it has to be, I mean, news like this has to be from those who have experienced it. But what I did was I did connect with these uh, beings, and I've asked them, but the answer was like, oh, you should know by now, you know, that it's like they're telling me there isn't any bad ETs. It's either, I don't know, made up by the media, or I don't know how these people experience it, and my, well, my compassion goes to them. So let's let's move into then the whole message part. What is it that these beings are trying to tell us? Why do they come to you? They obviously have a message for us. What is it? Yes. They, last year, they told me to write this book because I, I kept all the photos. I didn't put them online. I didn't want it to be ridiculed or say it was a hoax. And so these three messages they want on the book, which will be embodied by these photos that I have. And the number one, we are here. So as evidenced by the photos, we are here. Because, you know, people, many people have come up with photos. But on the media, sometimes they're mixed with hoax until people are confused and don't even know. And maybe we're all waiting for the, the po- most powerful man on earth to come out and tell the whole world. So anyway, before he does that, I do my part. And um, second message, we are benevolent. Now, they gave us free will. They gave me so much free will. They never pushed me. And through my contact with them, they've been so kind. And each time, 
I passionately asked to see them or to photograph them, they just honor my request. In mm. fact, it's because of their patience that they gained my respect for them. You know, otherwise I was just aloof, very detached all these years. Mm. And the third message is we are here for a good cause. Now they teach unconditional love. Mm-hmm. They never, 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 never have revenge on their minds. They are just here of service. They are open to those who are open to them. They just love to share the technologies. They love to teach us healing or help us remember who we are. And they are just here of service. All we need to do is open our hearts and connect with them. All we need do to they do want is us be to? fearless. Yes, they will love it. They will love it. But they how are, can people connect with them? Okay, um, they they could just op- open up their hearts. In fact, in my book, I have uh, some guidance on how to do that. Very easy. Just go into a very relaxed state of mind. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Open your heart and tell them that you come with pure intentions. That you're not, you're not, you don't have any ill intentions against them. That you are in oneness with them. That's mm. all you have to do. And they could read us. They're very good in telepathy, and whatever language we speak, they understand, and they will what? reply in in a way that we can understand. What is their advice if they give it or their message for us where we have very troubled times we have lots of uh, factions lots of problems um, lots and at any moment uh, you know things could blow up they don't but they could so the question is what's their advice with that it's wonderful you asked me this Patricia because I'll turn to page 47 of this book <clears throat> whereby I connected with the ETs that, that is the, the mothership, the, the image I have on that book. And I asked them, I said, where you, have, where you are, do you have wars on your planet? They said, no, we live in peace. I said, where do we have so much unrest here on Earth? And this was what they said. The humankind sends their children to school, and what do they learn? Do they learn to love? If babies are brought up to love and also taught in schools from young to adulthood to love, your whole culture will be a love culture. If you leave it only to the family to do this, families, unless they've been brought up in such loving cultures, are usually dysfunctional. What then happens to your society of people? So I ask, so what can we do now? The answer was, unless you have a leader who can change the whole educational system of your world. Then I said, well, we think we have, but what if we don't, or if society does not permit? The answer was, then peace begins with each of you. Mm. So that was the end of our conversation. Mm. So to me is. You know, we don't have to wait for everyone to join in. Mm. We just begin to connect by ourselves, connect to them, 
So what they're saying is if they're saying if every person has that peace and love in their heart, every person, that will that will transform things. Yes. We just need to remove those obstacles. We just need to flip the switch and decide to do it, to be that peace. Mm. It's just a switch. Now you said there were I think three messages. One is we are here. Mm-hmm. And what was the second one again? We are benevolent. All right, that means we are kind and good. And what was the third one? We are here for a good cause. I would like to talk about the benevolent part a little more. Please, go ahead. Yes. Um, you see, the ETs are actually like us. They have a body. Of course, some of them don't. Some of them are fully, you know, uh, fifth-dimensional. Some have a body, and so they are vulnerable. And, but they are very evolved. They are like beings. And that's why when I transform myself in the body of light through deep meditation, I am in contact with them. So they are like beings, and that means they have high vibrations. And that also means they are very enlightened. And enlightened beings are compassionate, kind, just really beautiful souls. And they are of different forms. They can be even just two feet high. We need to expand our consciousness, our mind, to accept the fact that beings that are little tiny can be so evolved. You know, they love us. They want to help why, us, why, and they patiently why, wait. Why do they want? Why do they want to be here? I guess is the question. Well, um, they are of oneness, and so they know that we are having unrest over here. This is not really their planet. We live here in free will. So they are hoping to help in the way that they could. We're not interfering. But they want all of us to open our hearts because it's all about energy. It's about universal love. Mm-hmm. So... As are, long they as kind of, are they kind of like angels... Well, angels do not have a physical form, okay? Mm-hmm. But they can, angels can materialize in energy form to all of us. Angels are very, very evolved beings, very, very close to God. Mm-hmm. So the ETs are brethren, are cosmo brethren. They live on other planets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I call them star t- beings. Tanaya, what... um. What would you say, since you've been in contact with these benevolent ETs, how would you say your life has changed? What is this? How has it impacted you and the way that you live your life and the way that you behave in the world? Lovely. Um, I know for sure we're not alone. And if everyone on the planet Earth knows that we are not alone and that our neighbors are all benevolent, that will make a lot of change in us because mm-hmm. we are now like fighting against each other. We don't need to. Mm-hmm. We, we can be peaceful like all our planetary neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't what you're know. Saying, all I so know is it begins with each of us. We just need so you, to be determined. So having said that, your life probably is very peaceful and filled with love. Would you say that's accurate? I will say that um, I have a very detached attitude, but if I am involved in anything, 
I am in fully, I'm fully in service. And um, I gave love. And I receive, I give unconditional love, which is not easy for people to understand that too. Mm-hmm. And um, I do, what do my you best. Mean, what do you mean you're detached? Explain that. Oh, detached means I don't want to get involved in, um, uh, get dragged into negative dramas, mm. you know, and I, I just enjoy being who I am and um, enjoy giving service to who I come into contact with. Mm-hmm. And even right now on this radio show, I am just here. If anyone has any questions, or they could contact me by email or visit my website and have a look. I mean, I'm just here. I'm, I'm just a little spark of light, but I do my part. All right, so let's give the website. What, what is the website? Well, it is exactly the title of the book, BenevolentContact.com, spelled as B-E-N-E-V-O-L-E-N-T-C-O-N-T-A-C-T-S.com. All right, and they can and write to you there as well. If anyone wants to write, they can write to admin at benevolentcontext.com. Admin, S-S-A-D-M-I-N. All right, all right. Can now, I announce? You, now, yes. you, also, you also are a Zenith Kamadan Master Healer. What does that mean? You work with various metaphysical techniques. What does Correct. that mean? Okay, this is one of the techniques I learned from the Melchizedek Method. And so in the Melchizedek method, we um, activate the sacred geometries that are in, in us. So each of us have these sacred geometries. It's just that most people do not activate it. So when you activate it, you, 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 you are surrounded by what is called the Merkaba, the flower of life sphere. Um, and it's encoded. It's encoded with 13, 20, 33. It's encoded with a lot of very energetic symbols. And with this Merkaba that is activated, we become a body of light. And in this way, we become an earthly ascended master. And in this way, we can transverse the universe. We can travel. Our consciousness can travel anywhere we want and even to God. Mm. Um, mm. Yes, uh, I hope I have answered your question. You have. Now, um, you were here. On October 4th, were you in uh, Rhode Island um, giving uh, a workshop? I first started my journey to Fort Collins because that's where my editor is, and that is also where I have a number of extraterrestrial contacts. Mm-hmm. I went there because the ETs told me I need to visit them for that region. And when I went there, the first thing I did was give me something spectacular, to show the people in Rhode Island because I was coming to Rhode Island to give talks. So I said, give me something current to show them. Right. And then now I meditated. This, yes. Good. Now this show, this radio show is national, so people can hear it from all over the country and all over the world. I know you will be in Rhode Island um, on the 28th of October. There's a psychic fair, so you will be there, Correct. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm leaving uh, in a few days' time. I'm leaving on the 10th of October. I've already okay. done my series of talks here. All right, and then what? But I will return. Spring. I will return in spring. 
Tell us where um, you might be in other parts of the country in the next six months. I am returning to Malaysia, uh, Penang, and mm-hmm. uh, I will be stationed there because I will uh, hope to launch my book in Malaysia. I haven't launched my book in Malaysia yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, people so I'll be can calling then... up the press. All right, so people can find you at BenevolentContacts.com. And let me just explain this again. Um, the author is Tanaya Kamadan, and her focus is to share the message of the extraterrestrials to our world. The message in her book, Benevolent Contacts, places an emphasis on what had been denied to the public for many, many years. The main support of extraterrestrials is that she provides original photos taken by her, and she really wants to say that they are here to love us and serve us and believe in the good. Any closing thoughts, Tanaya, that you'd like to share with our listeners? What would you like them to take away from this interview today? I'd like them to know that the star beings, the extraterrestrials, are our galactic brethren, and that they love us, and they want to help us if only we allow them. The truth is they are already here, and all we need to do is open up our hearts and connect with them with love. It begins with each of us. We don't have to wait for everyone to do that. The guidance in Benevolent Contacts will be very helpful. The EGs came to me to help me in my healing work as well. So miracles happen. And I like mm-hmm. to say that in my book, I have 32 color pages of photos. They were all taken by me. And I would like to gift anyone who comes to my website and order a book this, this week. You will receive a very energetic bookmark of the mothership. Even the book cover and the bookmark, with the bookmark and book cover, you can energize the room, you can energize yourself, you can energize your water. You have have a lot Mm. of creative ways of using it. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Tanaya, for being on the program. Thank you, Patricia. It was very special. Thank you. And it's benevolentcontacts.com. All right, folks, remember, this closes uh, our section today of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. We'll be with you next week. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Bye for now, right here on America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.